So I have a message today that I've actually preached before, not here, uh, but it is a message that I have preached before. And um, it's a message that I actually, I, I got the idea here at Radical Church um, in, an, in another time that I was just, we were worshiping together. Some of you might have been here for this. And I just felt the need to just kind of, I was sitting on the front of the stage, just with my legs kind of like dangling off the front. And we just sat in the presence of the Lord for about 20 minutes. And we just, it, worship extended for a long period of time. And, and I started talking about obedience and, and what it looks like. And how many of you know that uh, worship leaders, when they're on the stage, how many of you have ever heard this before? When, when they're on the stage and we're in the time of worship, they're like, all right, church, come on. Let's now just kneel and submit. You never hear that, right? What do they always say? Come on, let's stand up. Let's sing. Let's worship Jesus. Let's lift our voices. Let's lift our hands and let's sing. Let's get excited about what God is doing. But how many of you have ever heard a worship leader say, come on, let's just get on your knees and submit to the Lord today. Like you've never heard that ever in your life, right? And yet this is something that I feel like that we are so bad about, right? I felt like in that time I needed to to be on my knees and to submit in obedience to God in that moment. Uh, Something that was going on in my life and in our whole church, man, we all, there was like, dozens of people up at the front just submitting in obedience to the Lord and, and, and just giving everything that we had up to him. And so I had this idea and I preached it at, at my, my church that I was at in Oklahoma for five years. Uh, it's crazy faith requires crazy obedience. Somebody say crazy faith, crazy faith. and crazy obedience. crazy obedience. So how many of y'all would like to hear the voice of God? I asked you earlier, but how many of you would love to hear the voice of God? Man, I I would love, love, love to hear God speaking to me. And in fact, uh, I, have, I have heard the voice of God on multiple occasions. And not like an audible. Sometimes it has really felt audible. And uh, not like, and the, thus saith the Lord. Like not like that kind of audible. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, not like a burning bush kind of a moment. But I've just felt the Lord speaking to me. It was like in my own voice in my head, but I knew it was God. You know how many of you ever had that kind of experience before? Like you're saying something in your own head, but you knew that wasn't you saying it. Like you knew that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, some of y'all be like, I've heard stuff before, and that was probably a demon speaking to me before. But, uh, but I would love to hear the voice of God. And there's so many times uh, throughout Scripture where people have heard the voice of God. And you think of Abraham. First, it was Abram. God changed his name to Abraham. But God speaks to him and he says, go to the land that I will show you. Go to the land that I will show you. And he's saying, I will make you into a great nation. That's amazing. That's an incredible thing to hear from God, right? And then you have Moses at the burning bush. What an incredible experience, right? I don't even think we could really understand what that looked like or or what that was. This burning bush it was on fire, but the bush wasn't being consumed. And then it literally says the voice of God actually audibly comes out of the burning bush. It's the presence of God. God was there with Moses and speaks to Moses in that moment and says, go to Pharaoh and declare, let my people go. Wow. What an incredible moment of hearing the voice of God. David, you got to think before he was King David, he was Shepherd boy David, right, out in the fields. And, and then the prophet comes to him. All the, other, well, all the other brothers are there, all his brothers, and they're all lined up, and prophet's going like, what about you, what about you, what about you, what about you? No, 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 no. Is there anyone else? He finally gets to David. He's like, hey, David, why don't you come on over? 
He says, this is the one, anoints him to be the next king over Israel. Now in that moment, you know that that wasn't an audible voice of God, but it was really God speaking through the prophet in that moment to say, hey, I have chosen you, David, to be the next king over all of Israel. But what happens after you hear the voice of God? Think about that for a second. Now you've heard the voice of God, you've had this incredible moment with the Lord, and now what do you do? You gotta do something about it, right? Like you actually have to act on what God has said. And I think many times that we get so caught up in trying to hear God's voice, but that's just the very beginning of it, y'all. That's the very beginning of the process. Now you actually have to do something with what God has told you. So today, uh, I'm gonna tell you three stories. And two of them are stories that if you've been around, that you've already heard. One of them is a story I don't think I've ever shared here at Radical Church before. But I just wanna build our faith today collectively as a church. That is my goal, is to tell you about the three times I've, hear, I've heard God's voice really the most clear in my life. There's been a couple other really big ones, but three times specifically. And, and that you would hear those stories, your faith would be built, and that you would have courage to act on what God has maybe told you and your life as well. So uh, the first story is a story that maybe you've, you've heard before, uh, and I'm gonna quickly kind of go through it, but the first one is the Whataburger story. Come on, who loves Whataburger in the house of God today? I certainly love it, okay? So if you've heard this story before, uh, bear with me because I'm gonna say something I've never said before as far as the story goes, but the way it goes is I was 19 and then felt like God told me to just consecrate myself to him, and so I prayed from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., every morning for about two or three months, all right? It was very, very consistent. It was every single day, had my Bible, was the Bible app on my phone. I would just play it kind of next on my pillow as I was going to sleep every night. Um, and so I would listen to the Bible, I would read the Bible, and I would pray for three to four hours every single night as a 19-year-old. And I was just asking the Lord to speak to me. That's really all I was doing, is I was like, God, I wanna hear your voice. I wanna be led by you. I wanna know your will for my life. I wanna be able to do the things that you want me to do. I wanna encourage somebody. I wanna love somebody. And I, wanna, I just wanna be able to hear you better than I've ever heard you before. And so I woke up uh, after you know, the three, four hours of praying at, at 4 a.m. I'd only been asleep for about an hour to two hours at this point. So I wake up and I see this vision of this kid in Whataburger and I'm supposed to go pray for him. And so... I immediately tried to go back to sleep because I'm like, no, I'm not doing that, you know? And God says, go pray for this kid. And I'm like, I'm not doing that, you know? I'm not, I'm not doing that. And so I tried to go back to sleep. And how many of y'all ever tried to fight the Lord before? It doesn't work very well, right? So I was trying to go back to sleep. Finally, I was like, all right, whatever. I'm just gonna get up. So I go to Whataburger, it's 4 a.m. And there's an old man that was like, I always think of it this way, that he was like waking up for his day. You know, he's getting his coffee. And there were some teenagers there and they were out from the night before, you know, cause you know, they weren't waking up at 4 a.m. And so uh, there's a couple other people. I think there's a homeless guy, guy in the back or something like that. There's not a lot of people in there. And there was nobody with crutches though. Nobody that I was supposed to pray for. I had saw this vision of this kid with crutches walking out. And so I sat there and I ate my uh, honey butter chicken biscuit. Come on, cause I had to get breakfast. Might as well, right? And so uh, I'm reading my Bible, getting my honey butter chicken biscuit. It's been about 45 minutes now, 4.45. Now I have to go to work at the church the next day, okay? So I'm like, Lord, can we hurry this up? Because <laughs> I got stuff to do. And so I gotta go work for you, right? Oh, Lord Jesus, anyway, <laughs> oh, Lord. And so uh, finally, after about 45 minutes, I'm like, maybe I just misheard the Lord. Maybe I had bad tacos. I lived in San Antonio at the time. You know, I ate a lot of tacos. And so 
I was like, maybe I had some bad tacos or bad pizza or something like that. I just had a weird dream and maybe this vision wasn't accurate. And so I get up and grab my tray and I'm kind of frustrated at this point. And I, so I grab my tray and I'm about to walk out. And as I'm about to walk out, these two young men that have been sitting there the entire time stand up and they reach down underneath and they grab two crutches out from under the table and hand them to their friend that had been sitting there with them the entire time. And this friend gets up on his crutches and starts to walk out. And he has a big cast on his leg and starts to walk out of the Whataburger, exactly how I had seen it in my vision. And so God spoke to me right there in that moment. I, I, I could still, I could take you right back to where it was. I could take you exactly back. I'm standing there with my tray and I'm looking at this and I'm like, say what? <laughs> like, has anybody else seen this? This is crazy. Exactly how it was in my vision. I'm watching this kid walk out, holding my tray, frustrated. And God speaks to me and says, you doubted me. And that's one of the first times that I've ever really heard what I felt like was the audible voice of God in my voice, in my own head, right? But it was God speaking to me in that moment. So I had been asking for this, right? I mean, I had been asking for months now. I was like, Lord, would you speak to me? God, I wanna hear your voice. We all just said, we wanna hear the voice of God, right? I was praying for it for months, y'all. Consistently praying, asking the Lord to speak to me, reading my Bible for hours every day and just believing that God was gonna do it. And then I get this vision from the Lord of, of, and he says, go pray for this kid. Go pray for this person. And immediately, what was my first response? I don't feel like it. <laughs> I don't want to. I put the covers right back on. Finally, I give in. I'm like, all right. So I get there and I'm almost there. I was so incredibly close to being faithful in that moment. And yet I got up still frustrated. And I'm like, what am I doing here? And so finally I ran out after the kid and I prayed for him and, and I, I talked to him. And I, I wish I could say that he was just like miraculously healed and like ripped the cast off and like ran around giving praise to God. That's not how it went. But I was able to encourage him. I said, man, I don't know who you are, but God woke me up at 4 a.m. this morning to come pray for you. So obviously he loves you. <laughs> like obviously he cares for you. Obviously, I'm here for a reason, and it was just to encourage you and to love on you today, man. So I just, you know, if, if you don't know God, I just encourage you, man, like give your life to him, dude, because he's obviously has a big plan for you or else I wouldn't be here. So I asked for it. God spoke to me, and I didn't want to do anything about it. So point number one today, if you are taking notes, we don't have it up on the screen, but I just want you to take notes if, if that's something you do. Crazy faith is obeying when it doesn't make sense. Crazy faith is obeying when it doesn't make sense. I do not like when things don't make sense. How many other people out there, you just like get real frustrated when something doesn't make sense. Like, no, this is not, it's like my four-year-old uh, asking every parent favorite question. Why? Right? Somebody just said it. Why? Why this? Why, dad? Why are we doing this? Why are we going here? Why do I have to put my car seat? Why do I have to sit in my car seat? Why do I have to buckle up? Why are we going here? Why can't I roll the window down? Why is Tegan in that kind of car seat facing this way, but I'm in this car seat facing this way? It's like, what? Like, literally, that's just like a 10, 15 second amount of questions. We have 24 hours in the day of that, guys. You know, parents, you know what I'm talking about. But many times God will ask you to do something that just honestly doesn't make sense. How many of you have ever been asked by God to do something that you just felt like, I, I, that doesn't make sense, God. I, I don't know if I'm the right person for the job. Or I don't know if I can do this. 
Or just honestly, it just doesn't, the, the thing, it just doesn't make sense at all. But here's the deal. Um, God does not call us to trust in our ways. The Bible says trust in his ways. Lean not on your understanding, right? But his ways are higher than our ways. In Hebrews 11, it says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though, here's the kicker, he did not know where he was going. Can you imagine being in that moment as Abram turns into Abram? God's saying, go to the land that I will show you. And then he's like, so which way exactly do I go? I mean, like, am I going east? Am I going west, north, south? Like, do I tell the, the wife and kids, like, hey, like, guys, we got to pack, you know, let's take a few days to pack and get cleaned up, ready to go? Or, or, or do you mean like right now, right now? Like, just like get up and go? Or like, what am I doing here? Like, where exactly am I going? This doesn't make sense, Lord. Uh, he had no clue where he was going, but he did it anyway. Very interesting. Abraham was the original embodiment of the Nike phrase, just do it, just do it. Like, just get it done. Like, just go. Just do what God tells you to do. He didn't question it. He just did it. And so I would submit to you that maybe the reason that you haven't heard God's voice is because maybe he can't trust you to follow through with what he says. Can God trust you with his voice? If he spoke something to you, would you do what he asked you to do? Because God's not just gonna speak and just throw stuff out into the wind to people that aren't gonna listen and aren't gonna do what he says. He's very specific on when he speaks and who he's speaking to. And if he asks us to do something, man, can God trust me with his voice? Just do an audit on yourself. If God asked you to do something that didn't make sense, would you argue with them? There's been people in the Bible that have done it. We'll talk about Moses in just a minute. He tried to argue, didn't go so well. But Luke 16, 10, it says this, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. We got any parents of teenagers out here today? Any parents of teenagers? Let me see. You got any teenagers? Okay. We got a couple, a couple. All right, here we go. So you guys will understand this completely. Uh, maybe you've had teenagers in the past. You will understand this. Uh, you say, be home by 9 p.m., if they get home at 9.15, we got a problem, right? <laughs> Come on, parents, you know. If I say be home at nine and you're here at 9.15, we got a problem. Maybe some of y'all, y'all lived in a house where you just did whatever you wanted, okay? But that was not my house. If my mommy and daddy said, you be home at nine o'clock, it was nine o'clock. If it was 9.15, if it was 9.05, man, there was a problem. It's like, son, I said nine o'clock, all right, you know? And I had to get that little talking to. But here's the deal. What happens if they are faithful with getting home at nine o'clock? Maybe they get a little bit older, a little bit wiser. You know, they're, they're, they were 15 or 16 at the time and now they're, you know, 16, 17. You're like, all right, hey, you could be home at, you know, 10 or 10.30 p.m. And let's say that they've been faithful with that and they get a little bit older and, and you're like, hey, you've been faithful, you're doing good. You can stay out until midnight. And they've been doing real good. And then, and then finally you say, midnight is the cap because nothing good happens after midnight. Amen. Come on, some parents, you know, you said that before. My mom said that all the time. She said, midnight's the cap. Nope, and nothing good happens after midnight. Okay, sweetie, so be home by 12, okay? Here's the deal. You gotta be faithful when God speaks that you do what he says. 
Because as a parent, if you can trust your kid to be home at nine, you could probably trust them to be home at 9.30 and 10 and 10.30, 11 and midnight. But if you can't even trust them at nine o'clock, then why in the world would you think as the teenager that your parents are now gonna let you stay out until 11? It just isn't gonna happen. It's the same way I feel like with the voice of God. If God speaks to you a little tiny thing, says, hey, go pray for that person and you don't do it. You really think that God's gonna continue to speak to you and you're gonna be able to hear his voice when you've been ignoring him this whole time. How many of y'all like to be ignored? Literally, nobody, okay? If you're being ignored over and over and over again, your voice, you start to what? What are you doing? You're tuning that person's voice out and eventually you're not gonna be able to hear it anymore. So when God asks you to forgive somebody that has wronged you, do you hold on to resentment? When he asks you to start that business or take that new job or take that big step of faith, did you try to reason your way out of it? When you feel that nudge to pray for somebody and don't push it down, have some crazy faith and crazy obedience and see what God can do, amen? Can he trust you with his voice? Because if he can, then I believe that you will start to hear him more often. If you follow through with what God says, He's gonna speak to you more and more clearly. You'll be able to discern his voice even better. You'll be able to tell the difference between your voice and his voice. It just comes with practice. It's the same way where, uh, you know, my wife and I will be in Target and I can hear her yelling at me from like six aisles down, but I'm tuning out everybody else's voice. If somebody else yells from three or four aisles down, I don't really care about that. But if I hear my wife from six aisles down, I can immediately tune into that and hear it. Why? Because I know her voice, because I've spent time with her. So I believe that the Whataburger moment in that story, honestly, and what God was doing in there was just a test to see if I would follow through on what I had been asked to do. And I almost failed, but he really did teach me a powerful lesson that night about obedience. And even when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to follow through with what God said. Can somebody say amen? The next story I have, I think this is the story. I don't know if I've ever shared this before. It's, a, it's kind of the story about how I met my wife um, and almost got a job at another church, but didn't. So there was a, a great church in San Antonio I don't know if I've told this story here anyway, but there's a great church in San Antonio called Community Bible Church. And we've actually, uh, Pastor Tim was there for uh, a while and he actually just recorded a live album with them, which was really, really cool. Thousands of people there. It was really, really great. And, um, and so I, it was about 2014, 2015. I was interviewing there. I'd been doing middle school ministry for a while. And, and I was like, okay, maybe I can work at this church. And, and I had some connections there already. And, and they wanted to hire me as their middle school pastor. So I'd already been through a bunch of interviews and, and I went off to do youth camps. I used to be a worship leader. So for you know, many, many years, I led worship and I went off to do youth camps. And we did nine camps that summer. My mom told me right before I left, she said, don't come back with a girlfriend now, okay? And so the very last camp, the second to last day, I meet the most amazing girl. Her name is Lindsay at the time, Lindsay Sturgeon, okay? And I meet this girl and I won't tell the whole story how we met, it was crazy. But, and so I meet her and then we start to talk. We're, we're Snapchatting back and forth a little bit, you know, and uh, we start FaceTiming a little bit. I actually just found the original, like the very first video that I ever have of us like talking to each other on FaceTime. It was really, really cool. And, uh, and so we start talking about a week later and I'm like, man, what am I gonna do? Because I'm from Austin, she's from Fort Worth. 
but she's about to go back to school in Oklahoma City, and I'm about to go to San Antonio. How many of y'all know those are farther away from each other? This is not going to work. I really was starting to feel something here. I'm like, man, I think this is going to work. I'm like, hey, we should start to date. And she's like, but I'm about to go here, and you're about to go there. Like, this isn't going to work at all. And so I, I prayed, and I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? So I really feel strongly about this girl, but I have this job opportunity. I don't really know what to do. So I waited and just kind of sat in the presence of the Lord for a little bit on it. You know, I'm just not really sure. And then I get a call from a college buddy named Joseph Kelly, who came to preach here a few weeks ago. If y'all were here for that, I get a call from him and he says, hey, Trev, long time, no talk, man. I just, I just was checking out your Instagram, seeing you've been leading worship at a lot of places. And, you know, we actually have kind of a need here at our church. Uh, me and Bryce are here, another one of my buddies, and he's like, man, we'd love to have you come interview uh, at our church if, if you don't have anything lined up right now. So what are you doing after all these camps? I was like, man, I got nothing. So I'm very interested, okay? So like I have this other job opportunity, but I'm very interested. Like, uh, where are you guys at? And he said, well, we're in Yukon, Oklahoma. And I said, how far away is Yukon, Oklahoma from Oklahoma Christian University? He's like, about 15 minutes, why? I said, I'll be there next week, <laughs> all right? <laughs> I didn't tell him I got a really cute girl I'm following up there, but you know, it, it was the Lord, okay? It was the Lord. So, so I, I go to this interview. Uh, I start talking to Pastor Kevin, and, and who is, he'll be here in just a few weeks to come here and preach and dedicate Tegan, actually. I'm very excited about that. So um, but Pastor Kevin, who's still my pastor to this day, <laughs> first time I met him, I led worship that night. So I got in and led worship on at their 6 p.m. kind of evening service, kind of more like the core crowd, your prayer service, whatever. And I'm leading worship and I just got this overwhelming sense of home, that this was home. This is where I was supposed to be. Now I'm from Texas, guys. We hate Oklahoma, all right? I made jokes upon jokes upon jokes in high school. I'm a UT fan through and through, okay? So like I made all kinds of jokes and I'm like, God's never called me to missions, so I'm never going to Africa, and I'm never going to Oklahoma. Come on, amen, you know what I mean? So I'm not doing it. And so I felt this overwhelming sense of home. It was very weird for me. And, and then Pastor Kevin tells the story now how he also had this very odd feeling sitting on the front row listening to me lead and just watching me. He said, I want this guy to be on my staff. We don't even have a position for him. They didn't even know what they were gonna hire me for. He was like, but I just, I just feel like that there's something here and he needs to be on the team. So he always tells a funny story. He might tell it when he comes in a few weeks that they sat me down uh, with one other board member and I was very nervous. And he said, what do you know about accounting? And I said, my dad took an accounting class in college one time, but that's about it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, no, okay, so that's not gonna work, all right? And so they figured, hey, we'll hire this guy as our creative pastor. Well, I didn't know anything about creative ministry. I knew nothing about it at the time, but, but God was amazing and, and he helped me grow. So here's the deal. I could have taken the job in the city that I already knew in San Antonio. I had already been there before. I'd already lived there. I'd already worked in another church. I had a lot of friends there. I already knew how to do the job because it was middle school ministry. I'd been doing it before. I knew nothing about creative ministry, videography, photography, you know, uh, production, all of that kind of stuff. I knew nothing about that. CBC is a church at the time of about 15,000 people with a big old paycheck and benefits attached to it, right? Or I could go on the mission field in Oklahoma to a church of 500 that, you know, maybe the pay wasn't going to be as good and I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out. 
I never lived there, never wanted to. I didn't know what I was doing. And San Antonio, in my opinion, as I sat there and I was thinking about these two opportunities, San Antonio represented comfort for me. Oklahoma City represented uncomfortable. I was very uncomfortable with the idea of moving. I was very uncomfortable with leaving. But how many of you know, point number two today is that crazy faith is obeying even when it's uncomfortable. Even when it's uncomfortable. When God spoke to Moses and told him to go back to Egypt, Moses could have easily said no. You know, Moses left Egypt because he killed a guy, all right? So he had to get out of there. And so he left. He could have easily said no. I've built a life here in Midian. A lot of people don't realize that Moses was gone from Egypt for a long time. He had built a life. He had got married. He like had a business and a job and made a life for himself. But God says, no, 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 no. You're going to go back to the place that you're very uncomfortable being at. And so Moses tries to argue with God. I don't know why we try this, but it never works out. He says, no, I'm not eloquent. I I can't speak this way. I can't go to Pharaoh and talk. I'm not the right guy. And so Exodus 4.13, Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Can you imagine talking to the God of the universe like that? And Moses has the audacity, right? Please send someone else. I think you got the wrong guy. I think many times we feel like that. I felt like that before. Even leading this church, I, I, never, I never asked for this. And many times I've been like, God, do you have the right guy? Are you sure? Are you sure that I'm the right person to be leading? Are you sure? And God has proven himself faithful. We'll talk about that in a second. But here's the deal. Comfort is the enemy of progress. You can be comfortable or you can progress, but you cannot do both. And I like to put it this way. The Holy Spirit is your comforter, but he will not make you comfortable. (laughs) Uh, I was not very comfortable when I was in Whataburger sitting there, feeling like the Holy Spirit was telling me to do something. And yet I was progressing in my faith in that moment because the Holy Spirit's job isn't to make you comfortable. His job is to get you closer to Jesus. His job is to speak to you and to help you walk in your destiny that he has for you. Man, God will push you into greater things if you will let him, but many of you are stuck in good things when God wants to get you to great things, amen? Listen, I had to turn down a good thing for a great thing. I dated Lindsay in Oklahoma for that whole year. We got married uh, on the same day that we met the next year. We had our first child, Oakland, in Oklahoma, and it was some of the best years that I've ever had in my entire life. And now, what's very interesting, a year later after I moved to Oklahoma, what happened? Community Bible Church gets a new pastor. The first thing that this new pastor does, and he's Pastor Ed, I absolutely love this man. He's a great man of God. We know each other really well now. What's the first thing that Pastor Ed had to do? Well, he realized that they were in a ton of debt. They had a lot of issues going on. And so they have to let go almost like half of their staff at their church. Now, if you are the pastor of a new church and you have this random 20-something-year-old middle school guy that just started nine months ago, yeah, he gone, you know, (laughs) like he's gone. Who would have been one of the first people let go? I guarantee you it would have been me. And so Proverbs 19.21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Don't stay stuck in the good because if it's my idea, I will get good results. But if it's God's idea, what will you get? God results. Amen. And I want God results. I don't want my results. I don't want good results. I want God results. So what plans are you holding on to in your life right now? What insecurities are you holding on to that maybe is holding you back from what God wants you to do? Are you uncomfortable? Good. Lean into it. 
let God mold you in the middle of the uncomfortable. God, the Bible says that, that he is the potter and we are the clay. I don't think the clay is very comfortable when it's getting pushed and mushed and messed around with until God turns it into something beautiful. And God has a destiny and a plan for you and he will turn your life into something beautiful if you will let him. It might be uncomfortable, but it's always going to pay off. Amen? The last story, and you definitely know this one, is the radical church story. And I won't, I won't harp on it for too much, but I want to take it in a different way that I, I don't think I've ever maybe taken it before. But the story of radical church is I was at that church now for about two years, and a few people told me I should start a church. I said, no way, Jose, not happening. I'm not the right guy. Moses, right? Not the right guy. Find somebody else, okay? And I was praying and asking God to give me the name of the church. And eventually I kind of came up with this idea of radical church. It sounded really cool in my head, a little edgy like me. And so uh, I went to this prayer meeting a few days later. I hadn't told a soul. And as I'm raising my hand in worship, a lady comes over who hears the voice of God just so clearly, grabs my hand and starts saying radical faith, radical preaching, radical boldness, multifaceted radical. Your word is radical. And that's a very, very short version of that story. But man, God spoke to me in that moment and said that I was supposed to start a church and it was gonna be called Radical Church. And my favorite part of the story is when I leaned over to my wife, Lindsay, I said, hey, uh, we're gonna start a church. It's gonna be called Radical Church. And she looks up at me and I will never forget this to this day. And she says, let's talk about this later. <laughs> I will never forget that. But we did tell my pastor the next day. And I said, hey, we got to go in and we got to talk to him about it. And, and I was so nervous that he was going to fire me. I'm going to be straight up honest with you guys. Because you, if you went to your boss today and said, hey, boss, uh, I think I'm going to leave and go do the same thing that you're doing somewhere else, you know, the first thing that you're thinking is, I'm getting fired. Like, I'm, he's going to say, all right, sounds great, but you got to go, you know, or at least in the next few months, it was going to, you know, fall apart or the relationship would get weird. So here's the deal. Pastor Kevin believed in the voice of God. He was the one that actually told me to go pray about it. He was the one that confirmed the word after the word radical came in. He said, you know what? I told you to go pray about it. This is what happened. Yes, I, I will believe in this. I confirm that this is the, wor the word of God. This is the voice of God speaking to us right now. And what he did for the next two and a half years was pour into me pray for me, send me to trainings, let me start new ministries and start new things. He said, you gotta learn how to run eight ministries because that's what being a pastor is. And so I was doing young adults, youth, worship, creative, social media communications, production, uh, videography, photography. I mean, I was in charge of all of that at our church for the next two and a half years. What was I doing? I was waiting. Now, I had this incredible moment with God when this lady comes up and says, radical this, radical that, it was just this impactful moment I will never forget in my entire life when God spoke to me in that moment and said, you're gonna start a church and it's gonna be called Radical Church. I was so pumped. I was excited. I was ready to go. And then what did I do? Went right back to the job I was already doing, right? I had to wait, for a long time, and in that meeting on that Monday morning, it was you know Sunday, I went in on Monday morning, I said, Pastor, please don't fire me because I know I'm not ready. He's like, oh no, you're definitely not. And I was like, hey, hold on now. <laughs> he was right. But God's timing is better than ours, amen? And it's not our timing. It's not the timing that I want. It's the timing that God wants. 
David was anointed king over Israel, and, and the estimates are that he had to wait at least 10 to 15 years before he became the king of Israel. He had to believe in God's word for 15 years that what he said and that he was anointed to do the thing that God had anointed him to do. How many of you know that would have been really difficult? 15 years, I'm gonna have to wait for the fruition of this moment, this incredible encounter that I've had with God. You're pumped up, you're ready to go. And, and yet what ends up happening? He's anointed king. And then Saul gets really upset about it. Sends some people around to chase him, to try to kill him. For almost 15 years, he's hiding in caves, running around. There's even a story where he has to pretend to be like a crazy person. It says he's like foaming at the mouth and there's like foam all over his beard. He's like, ah, you know, trying to like not have people kill him. And like, and this is supposed to be the king of Israel. And he's waiting, he's waiting, he's waiting. It's hard to obey in the waiting. So the last point is crazy faith is obeying while you're waiting. Obeying while you're waiting. I submitted for another two and a half years I started young adults ministry, had all these different things going on. I learned about digital marketing and communications, videography, photography, all this stuff over the course of that, uh, that two and a half years and the five years that I was there total. And I haven't really talked about this either, but the very first interest party that we had, we were going to start this church in 2020 and it was early February of 2020. We had our very first interest party scheduled for a Sunday night and there's a, there was a big church in town uh, that that morning, there was a message that was preached at that church that completely split the church in half. The day that we were having our first interest party of saying, hey, we're a new church in town, would love to meet you. That morning, an entire, the biggest church in town immediately split. Some of you even know who I'm talking about. You know, you were maybe even there. You mean to tell me that wasn't God's timing? And then COVID hits a month later. I'm trying to build a launch team to start this church. COVID hits a month later. I'm like, Lord, are you kidding me? <laughs> you brought us here now? I had to wait two and a half years for this? And yet, what happened during COVID? Every church was online. What did I know how to do? Digital marketing photography, videography, worship. I'd done all of it. So we built our entire launch team on Facebook Live and Zoom. Oh, I hate Zoom. But we knew how to do it. It was the Super Bowl for digital marketers, right? <laughs> it was, everyone else is just like struggling and it's awful. And then all the digital marketing people are just making all kinds of money in the background, you know? It was, but honestly, it's, it really was the case. The biggest churches in the world and the smallest churches in the world, we were all on the same platform on Facebook. We were all in the same place. And I knew how to do that. So I could have gone early. I could have tried to push my agenda and push it forward and push what God wanted me to do faster. And yet God waited until that very moment so that we could be a beacon of hope during the middle of 2020 in COVID. We were able to do a whole lot of good during that time and helping the community. And, 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 and I look back now and I just see, man, Discovery Church in Oklahoma prepared me for this. 
all of the stuff that I had to learn, all that extra time that I spent there. Maybe there were some times when I was like, man, I'm just, it's hard to wait. God, I just wanna be in the thing that you've called me to. I wanna go, I wanna go. And yet God was saying, wait, learn, sit, submit, obey, serve somebody else's vision for a little while. I don't understand God. You gotta think, David, I've been anointed. God, you anointed me for this. I'm supposed to be the king. I'm running around ragged clothes, people trying to kill me. And yet you've told me this. You've spoke to me, God. I don't understand. And yet God says, wait. I want to encourage you with this. If you don't know what to do next in your life, this is something I tell a lot of our high school and college students. I say this, do the last thing that God told you to do until he moves you. (laughs) You don't know what to do. You're not sure where the direction of your life is moving right now. Just do the last thing that God told you to do until he moves you. And just do something for God. Just be faithful. Man, go to church, pray for people, love on people, serve God, be generous. God's never gonna be mad at you about those things. And I believe that there's breakthrough on the other side of your obedience today. Crazy faith requires crazy obedience. A lot of people wanna say, I have great faith, but yet you're not willing to obey. Like you have great faith to hear God's voice, but will you obey his voice after he speaks when it's not something that you wanted to hear, right? Let's listen for God, but then let's do what he says. And some of you, I believe, are in the in-between. You're in this transition period. Maybe you feel like you're waiting on God. Maybe you're needing direction, submit and obey. Some of you might be waiting for a miracle in your life. You need a miracle of healing. You need a miracle of financial provision. You need a miracle in a relationship that you have. Man, what would I encourage you to do? Submit and obey. Maybe you have a sickness or disease. You're waiting on God for that miracle. Submit and obey. It says in Exodus 23, 22, but if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. What is it saying? If you obey the voice of God, he will now fight on your behalf in every area of your life. When anything comes up against you, when you feel like life is coming up against you, if you will obey the voice of God and you will listen to what he says carefully, God says, I will fight on your behalf. So when it feels like the world is caving in, when it feels like you don't have the answers, man, submit to God, wait on the Lord. The Bible says that when you wait on the Lord, what will happen? He will what? Renew your strength. Wait on God. And if you would submit to me today, I will fight your battles for you. If you will obey me, I will fight that alcohol addiction that is within you. If you will submit and obey, I will fight that anger that is raging within you. I will fight for your marriage that is falling apart. I will fight for your kids that are not listening to you. Oh, Lord Jesus. It all starts with obedience though. It all starts with listening for the voice of God and then submitting when he talks to you. Now, I'm gonna ask you to do all three of these things today. God asked Abraham to get up and go and I will explain it to you when you get there. And God asked Moses to do something he wasn't comfortable doing. He said, I'll help you as you're doing it. God asked David to wait and obey even during the hard times. The first thing he asked Abraham to get up and go. He said, get up, go to the place. So I'd ask everybody in this room to stand up. 
Get up. Here we go. Consider this the voice of the Lord. God asked Moses to do something he wasn't very comfortable doing, so I'm going to ask you to respond by raising a hand if that is you in just a second. And God asked David to obey even in the hard times. So maybe you're going through a hard time right now. Maybe you feel like life's hard right now. It's difficult, man. But if you would just raise your hand and say, hey, I need Jesus today. I want to hear the voice of God. I need direction in my life. I believe God will honor that and he will speak to you. It might not be in an audible voice right now, right? Maybe it will. Maybe you're already feeling the presence of God on you. Maybe you're already feeling him speaking to you and moving in your heart. Maybe there's been something that I've said today that the Holy Spirit, has you've latched onto and maybe you have a conversation about it with your spouse or with somebody at lunch and maybe it's something you need to think about. Maybe you need to go home today and and talk to the Lord before you go to sleep and read your Bible and put on your Bible app and pray and say, God, will you speak to me? Some of you need to do that. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask, is that you? And you just say, hey, Pastor Trevor, I just need direction today. I want to hear the voice of God. I need to hear the voice of God. I need direction in my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you today. I see you, man, people all over the place. Amazing, amazing, amazing. I know for some of y'all, it might be uncomfortable to raise your hand, but man, God does not, he's not here to make you comfortable. Amen. So many people, you can put your hands down. Let me pray for you real quick. God, I just ask for every person that has raised their hand in this place today that said, hey God, I need direction from you. I need to hear from you. I need to feel your presence, God. Holy Spirit, would you just wash over them? Would you build their faith today? Even through some of these stories of how you have spoken to me in the past, would you build their faith? Would you speak to them today and help them to know that you are with them, you are for them? If they will submit to you, that you will fight their battles for them. Lord Jesus, we give you the honor and the glory and the praise. We thank you that you will speak to us Your word says, knock, and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. God, we want to find you today. We want to hear your voice today. I want to hear your voice today. I thank you. And maybe there's somebody here in this place today, you know, maybe you just say, hey, I need to get right with God. You're not hearing God's voice because you know you're not living for him. And that will certainly stop you from being able to hear the voice of God. But I love what the Bible says, that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. And if you would call on the name of the Lord, that you will be saved. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus today. What does that look like? It just means I'm giving my life to you. I believe in you, Lord. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I'm in need of a savior. I need to get right with God. I need forgiveness for my sins and things that that I've sinned against God. And you recognize that, man, I can't do this life alone. And let me tell you, God loves you. He cares for you. And he has so much more for you than this struggle that you've been dealing with for your entire life, man. You've been dealing with the same things over and over and over again. And God wants to renew your spirit today. He wants to turn you into a new creation. So maybe for the very first time, I'd ask you to give your life to him Or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him. You say, you know what? I have strayed away and I need to say yes to Jesus today. 
I wanna hear his voice. I wanna be led by God. If that's you, would you raise your hand and look up at me? I just wanna see you. Just look right up at me for a second. I see you guys. Come on, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. My goodness, 10, my, my man. Yes, sir, I see you guys. I see you guys. Yes, y'all can put your hands down. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. My goodness, God is good. 10 people, wow, saying yes to Jesus, getting right with God today, hearing the voice of God, feeling the presence of God today. This is what it's all about. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you're renewing our hearts right now. Thank you that you are speaking to us, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you've used the, the times that you've spoken to me, Lord Jesus, to help somebody else have the faith and the confidence that they can hear you too. Even so much that right now they're responding to your presence. They're responding to the pull from you. God, you are a jealous God, is what it says in your word, that you want us to be in a relationship with you. And that you're so jealous. You, you don't want us to be in the world, man. God, you want a relationship with us. You care for us and you love us. And so God, I thank you for 10 people right now saying yes to you in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, honor, and glory. And I'd ask every single person as just a, let's in an act of solidarity with these people that are saying yes to Jesus, would you pray this along with me? Say, Jesus, I give you my all. Would you speak to me? Make me new, renew my mind, renew my heart, renew my spirit. I put you first in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I give you everything in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, can we give praise to God today? Wow. God is good, amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And thank you guys so much for just pressing in and listening and worshiping today. I believe God's gonna speak to you. If you will press in, if you will ask, you will receive, all right? Ask, that's the key. So many people, they, get, they forget. <laughs> you wanna hear the voice of God? Ask, right? And he will speak to you. I really truly believe that. And then obey when he does. Man, I'm just so honored that you would be here with us today. Like I said, if you're new, please fill out that card. And if you're ready to jump in to all that God has for you, you're ready to serve others and serve on the rad team and become a part of the fam, man, please stick around. You can grab your kids and come right up here and I will meet you right up here and we'll start Serve 101 in just a few minutes. Let me pray for you. God bless you. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for every person here today. We thank you for their heart. We thank you for who they are. We thank you for their kids. And we thank you, Lord, that you have brought them here today for a purpose and a reason. We give you praise, honor, and glory for what you've done. And all God's people said, amen, amen. amen. We'll see you next week. God bless you.